Cowboy. Hello and welcome to The Waiting Room, a Quantum Leap podcast. My name is Sai and I am one half of your hosting duo bouncing back and forth along Dr. Sam Beckett's timeline, putting right what once went wrong. The other half of your hosting duo is the always awesome, always excellent Mr. Benny Mac. But your your name is different on the screen today. What does that say? The British, it says British Knight. (laughs) No, you can't see the whole name. It's oh, uh, right. the British nightmare. So, uh, okay, Benny the British nightmare, Mac. I think I was trying to say, but it doesn't really work. But I think it works uh, better as the British nightmare, Benny Mac. I think it works better that way. So. Yeah, that's true. That sounds all right. That's pretty. Or cool. just Benny yeah. fine, or Benny Mac is fine. Whatever. Well, where it is on the screen as we're recording this, a little bit of a peek behind the curtain, I suppose, to the people listening to the waiting room. It, the name section isn't quite big enough for all. Of, basically, you can get. I don't know, only a handful of letters in there, can't you? So on my screen, it says you are the British knight. And I'm thinking, yeah, (laughs) most British knights are just kind of like grey and drab and rainy, aren't they? Oh, well, fair enough. I'm not, I think I am, but (laughs) (laughs) hopefully not, because that'll be a bit of freaking poo, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, mate, how's your week been? You doing well? I'm doing all right, mate. Thank you. You've ruined my nickname, but yeah, I'm doing all right. Are you okay? Oh, sorry, mate. I didn't mean to burst your bubble there. I like the British Nightmare, Benny Mac. That sounds uh, cool. It's a rip-off of Cody returning to WWE. That's all it is. You know, Don't thought... admit it on the show, because now people will know that you've done that intentionally. <laughs> of course I am. I, hey, come on. Anybody who's a wrestling fan knows that, to be fair. <laughs> no, just, just deny it and deny it and deny it. Oh, I don't know what about. I, 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 yeah. yes. <laughs> Co- Cody stole that from me. <laughs> I'll do a big uh, Polk Father's... Uh, shout out lord mags you know i didn't realize he was an actual lord I, that was hilarious yeah uh, i found that out hopefully he's doing well and hopefully we'll see him again soon on chain wrestling yeah hopefully so mate hopefully so i think the uh the plan is another couple of weeks and then uh he'll be back so having fun with the sort of rotating guest hosts at the moment that's quite a, a novel yeah. concept considering i've done the show for it worked, it worked for about a year for Raw, if I remember rightly, back in the day. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, that's true. Why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? It, it, it's, it, this has been going for well over a year, and I, I mean, I think it was October we started. So, what you look at now, a, a year and six months, a year, seven months, maybe it's been running. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's always been Mags and I. So, doing chain wrestling now with a, a different host is it, it's it's quite different. It's quite unique, but at the same time, I miss Magsy. I want him back. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's a good. You get a good. Uh, take on like I know people tune in because they want to hear Mags and yourself sort of bat off you know each other and stuff like that and uh, bounce off each other sorry and um, you know but obviously hearing somebody else's point of view probably puts you in a different like you you think of things a bit more like oh I didn't think of that you know like when we talk about this show Quantum Leap you know sometimes like in this season already I've said something you're like oh I didn't think of it like that way so it's good to you know you know mix it up a little bit but I'm uh, I'm sure Mags is missed not just by yourself by all the uh what do you call them? The chain wrestling fans, the CWF, is it? The CWF, the cha- chain wrestling right. family. Yeah. They, yeah, yeah, to be fair, they they named themselves, mate. That wasn't that wasn't my decision. So I can't, I like it even more because they named themselves. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. fact that they've come up with it. So that, that that's really good, actually. 
You know, I'm not going to lie, I initially fought against that name a little bit and realised I was basically you know, trying to swim upstream, so I just gave in. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 all you'd have reached is the bear that's going to grab you at the end, so just go with it, just go with the flow. Yeah, that's it, mate. The fact, that, that's the fact it. they want to call themselves that is brilliant because that shows that the people are enjoying what you're doing, I think, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, it, it, that, yeah. hopefully so, mate, hopefully so. Anyway, something that I kind of enjoyed moments of, I guess was this episode of Quantum Leap. Uh, I mean, it wasn't glorious all the way through, but there was, there was enough there to keep me entertained, but we'll come to that as we run glorious. through the show. Did you do that on purpose? A little bit, mate, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, originally broadcast on October 25th, 1989. This is the Season 2, Episode 4 edition of Quantum Leap, entitled What Price Gloria? And we have Sam for the first time leaping into a woman benny don't we yeah it was teased at the end of uh season one wasn't it and then obviously it um it didn't happen for some reason i think there was a i think we talked about it there was a bit of uh, something happened on tv or they wanted to re-show another episode from season one didn't they but it didn't quite yeah go to plan is that right yeah they um season one was obviously a much shorter series and then season two and they got uh, sort of recommissioned i guess for for a longer series because it had done fairly well and given a different time slot and so on they wanted to re-show the color of truth because it was so critically acclaimed the first time round. they thought new time slot more eyes on it we'll just insert it part way through season two even though it had already been a leap in season one but then there was i think it was an earthquake that i mean we only spoke about this last week so shows how bad our memories are <laughs> oh, well yeah but, but um it, there, there was an earthquake and the network that was carrying the show wanted to have live coverage of this this natural disaster so quantum leap didn't air that week and then the following week they just continued on with new episodes so it was just complete coincidence that the repeat got sort of cancelled and the new episodes continued as they should have in the order they were going to the following week so yeah all right okay yeah i knew, I knew it was something it was a an actual sort of um, a disaster, wasn't it? So, yeah, I think the earthquake sounds familiar. But, I mean, I was thinking, why didn't they just show it anyway? But then I suppose TV guides would have been printed. You know, it's all been announced when these things are going to air. So, mm. you know, there's a schedule obviously put into place for TVs and networks and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it, um, yeah, it's a shame, really, because I think, although I suppose most people that found the show after would have gone back and eventually seen reruns of the maybe Colour of Truth anyway. So, in the grand scheme of things, it's not the biggest deal. But I mean, imagine if you're a massive fan of it back then, even even after nine episodes or whatever, and then they didn't reshow it. <laughs> You'd be like, well, oh, this is it. I, like I that, suppose, either. I suppose it's it's sort of twofold, isn't it? Because on one hand, it, Color of Truth is a fantastic episode. Both you and I agreed on that when when we had our little look back on it. You know, yeah, in season it's one, highest rated, I think. In season, I one. think it might well have been. Yeah, I think it might well have been. And then. The weird thing is that obviously it's it's not got re-shown in season two, which is an unusual thing to do anyway, I think, repeating an episode in the second series. I mean, not many shows can have a format that allows you to do that, I guess, but yeah. Constant Leap kind of does, I suppose. But they not showing it then wasn't really missed because the new episodes, the new content, didn't get disrupted. So, yeah, a sort of real odd, sort of odd mix of that, I suppose. I don't think I've, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I've ne I've not watched every single show in the entire world. But whether that's ever been done before with a show where they were attempting to show an old episode while the current season was 
being shown. I don't know if that's ever been done before, to be honest. I'm not sure either. I'll I, would have to look it quite, I would say it's quite unique anyway. Mm, well, yeah, like I said, I mean, a lot of shows, I suppose you get the continuity of, of, of the shows as well, storyline-wise and so on. And that's why I guess Quantum Leap is quite quite unique because they can do that because it is literally a case that I mean, the main character for crying out loud he's basically forgotten pretty much everything he did the previous week because of the nature of the show so he's just focusing on his 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 i suppose mission of that week so to speak yeah yeah although it's like us re uh putting an old episode in maybe maybe we should, after this episode mate we should release color of truth episode we did in season one <laughs> to make it so i just <laughs> so i just release them both at the same time on the same feed yeah, <laughs> just what happens yeah, yeah. Well, a replay or replay of it because then they can know what we're talking about but yeah uh, yeah I, I think it's quite unique definitely i mean the show's unique anyway in terms mm. of the time travel thing i mean obviously you have other shows out there obviously not to brag you up even more but your doctor who pod obviously you know that's time travel-esque but you've always got like the companion and stuff with them they don't forget who they are do they so no uh, that's right so having said that i watched a capaldi episode the other day because i'm getting into it again and um he did forget who he was <laughs> so you know <laughs> was that a capaldi episode with uh with clara uh yes because I, I i um i mean we're talking this is <laughs> off topic a little bit but um i've i was watching i started watching it back when it like uh, david Tennant had taken over but i went back and watched season one and watched it all the way through up to the 50th episode and when matt smith left mm-hmm. i saw the first episode with capaldi and i was not overly impressed with it and i think because of the whole storyline from season one up until the 50th anniversary with the bad wolf stuff all came full circle and Gallifrey and all, it was quite a big deal to be fair, that episode with John Hurt and everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. It felt concluded to me at least at the time. And I did try and watch it and it just felt too soon <laughs> in, in a weird way. I was still, uh, I was still in mourning over the fact that, you know, Matt Smith's now gone. Tennant's gone. The story's kind of complete to a degree. So I didn't really watch it, but I've got back in. Luckily, I have a rule of watching new shows and you have to watch at least four episodes, I believe. And the fourth episode with Capaldi is Listen. And that was actually a really good episode. So I was like, OK, I'm, 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 I'm back in at the moment trying to catch up uh, with, obviously, because Capaldi did it for a few years, didn't he? And mm-hmm. I know he got the new Doctor. And I understand she's leaving soon, which is like, oh, I've, I've missed her whole run, so I want, I want to watch Yeah, she's got one more one more special coming up. I think it's October. I'm not sure, though. Yeah, and then well, she's going to re- regenerate in that, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I just asked like Clara because I, I love her a bit, but anyone who listens to the yeah. podcast, you know, yeah, yeah. is so, yeah, aware of that. <laughs> with, uh, maybe I can make a guest appearance at some point if I pick an episode if whatever you're doing over there. But yeah, um, so yeah, time travel shows, and we'll get back to Quantum Leap, is like I said, it's a, quite a unique one. There is literally, it's hard for me to think of another time travel show that's like it. I'm not, then again, I've not seen every single time traveling show that ever has been. But in my knowledge of sci fi, and which is like probably scratching the surface, to be totally honest, is um, again, trying to think of a show similar to Quantum Leap. It's, it's very hard to even come up with one. So, mm, yeah, my point. Um, yeah, no, no, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, with regards to this episode, then, I mean, we were talking before, uh, before we actually sort of started recording the actual episode, I guess. There's not, there's not a massive cast, is there, in this episode? There's only a handful of characters you see, and quite a few episodes of Quantum Leap are like this, but it's, this episode means quite, quite a visual episode because of Sam having to wear the dresses and put the makeup on and so on. There's always this 
I suppose, constant, I suppose, constant tongue-in-cheek joke running throughout the yeah. whole episode because Sam, I mean, obviously, you know, Scott Bakula, he's he's not a small chap. He, he must be six foot, I'm guessing. And, you know, he's, he's obviously quite broad-shouldered and so on. And he's walking next to his... Well, he, he, the, the person he's leapt into, who is also called Sam, uh, his her best friend, and spends a lot of time with this other lady. They're both wearing dresses and so on. But yeah, Sam towers above. It's like quite a constant sort of tongue in cheek joke. The visual of it is quite amusing all the way through, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It's um. Yeah. I I, I can't really say any better than that side to be honest. Yeah. It's like you said in some of it, but as you get into the episode, obviously we'll get into that in a moment. But I just want to say like. It's quite cringy. This is probably the most cringiest one I've seen, apart from maybe uh, the one where he leaps into the professor in the first season. Um, okay. Not because of who Sam's leapt into, because the way the other people treat him, slash, obviously he's in a woman's body, <laughs> so always being you know presented as a woman. Um, so it's very cringy for me to watch actually uh, the way they're sort of treating this this woman, and not just her, obviously Gloria really mm-hmm. throughout the episode so obviously now we're getting to that in a mo but um yeah it's quite cringy this one for me i'm not gonna lie but again it's i like, i'm not condoning their behavior i mean it's basically we're, we're touching upon the whole sexism issue and the way that high power business men of the time and this is october 1961 yeah they, they very much viewed their secretaries or the young ladies around the office as as pieces of meat, as their playthings, I suppose, for, for, for want of a better term. And they would have their wife and family at home. I'm not saying every person did this, of course. I'm not stereotyping here. But there's lots of stories and lots of films set around that kind yeah. of time. And it is the whole, the, the secretaries there smiling and winking and giggling and being, you know, bringing the, 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 the important boss man behind his desk, his martini and all this sort of, that, that sort of general feeling to it, I suppose, isn't there? Yeah, I, I, I can't really touch upon that, to be honest. Yeah, it's got that cringy... Again, it's like we've dealt with, as you will through Quantum Leap, you always deal with quite... Because even though things aren't as bad as they were, things like this still happen. Obviously, very much more recently, we're seeing the whole the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard stuff going on at the moment. Uh, who's right, who's wrong? <laughs> I've tried, mm. to be honest... I've um, kept out of it because I don't know. I don't know. You know, it is what it is. I don't know what's going on. You've got Team Johnny and Team Amber Heard going on at the minute, but um, yeah, it's dealing with another. Well, obviously, back then it was a lot more. I don't know when Lim- women's libs the movement started. I was just trying to find out when that started, to be honest. But I would say we're probably a few years removed before it's you know before it starts. It was a long old process as well, mind, wasn't it? It, I mean, it took a yeah. long time to for, for the women of the world to get what they rightfully deserved. You know, it took a long time to get around to that. I mean, we actually see a, a leap in a future episode, don't we, where Sam leaps into someone who was directly involved in certain aspects of, yes, of yeah. that movement. So that's something that's, that's going to be very interesting. We, t- we touch back on a lot of the same kind of themes with that episode, I would assume, well, when we get there. But, but yeah, uh, just it's got that classic sort of she's in love with the boss, Glory's in love with the boss man. He says he'll leave his wife, and it's the classic. Oh, I can't yet because of this, that, and the other, basically, and leap and just getting what he wants in it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean that's basically the rough gist of the episode. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll quickly summarise the, uh, the the sort of rough plot, Benny, and then we can jump into any actors or actresses that potentially yeah, have no, an interesting background. Uh, effectively, Sam leaps into 
uh, a lady called Samantha Stormer. So Sam, first of all, is, is over the moon because he gets to get called Sam, which is awesome. What he doesn't twig is that he's <laughs> initially at first glance is that this Sam is Samantha and he's couldn't be further from what he is in actual real life, I suppose. Because obviously the we least... see Sam, don't we, in the bath, basically. So yes, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Sam, uh, as in Samantha, lives with her, her best friend, Gloria. Um, they are both secretaries at, at certain firms and and uh, working for these high-powered businessmen as benny and i touched upon a few moments ago and so the, car, it's the car manufacturer i believe isn't it that's you know, right yeah that yeah i completely yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. right i blanked um, that completely before we watched it that it was a um like a car company yes <laughs> so yeah yes the the, the gist of the situation is that gloria a couple of days after sam has arrived uh, commit suicide and this is because her boss who she is madly in love with and has been promising to you know run away with gloria leave his wife and kids and family and so on and be with gloria etc gloria becomes fully aware that that's not going to happen so you know smitten by this guy and then eventually heartbroken by this guy she she takes her own life and sam is there to stop this occurring interestingly enough one little glitch here one little problem in the episode straight off the bat yeah sam leaps into october the 16th 1961 sam is told by al quite early on in the episode what he's here to do to stop gloria committing suicide and apparently gloria is going to commit suicide in two days time which will place it at october the 18th 1961 yeah. because al's already told him you've leapt in october the 16th and we yeah, get the graphic at the beginning as well, don't we? Telling us. Yeah, you always get the uh, thing at the beginning of the show yeah. once he's there. What what yeah. date is basically? Yeah. Yeah. So Gloria's about you know going to take her own life two days after the sixteenth, which would be the eighteenth. Shortly afterwards, in the same episode, Al actually tells Sam that Gloria is going to take her own life on October sixteenth, which is just completely wrong. So whoever was checking for continuity on this episode. <laughs> let themselves yeah, down yeah, a little bit there. So. <laughs> I miss that completely. Does he say that? Does he? Does he? Yes. Yes. Does he? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, nobody. Uh, nobody checked certain things that needed checking. Oh, there we it. go. Pick that one up. So have we got any uh, any actor backgrounds there, Benny? I got a good one. This actually because this is quite a um, in a sense of uh, a scene that plays out in the episode, which will make sense in a moment. Um, it, I also want to make mention. I think this is the first time we ever see the imaging chamber door close in a sense of that glowing bright background. Okay. I think so. This is, might be the first, we always hear the classic, I don't know if you want to put this in in post, the classic opening and closing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But um, we've never, I, as far as I can remember, at least in the first season, I know we see Al in the pilot episode kind of opening the door and sort of step through. And it's like a weird, there's no lighting. It's like he's opened a door and closed it. You kind of see it. But um, in terms of the classic image of him coming through with the light behind him and the door closing, I believe this is the first time we see it. Um, uh, okay, brilliant. So um little note to make there. But um, in terms of the actors and actresses, there's been a few in here. Um, I just realized Johnny, the young lad walking around the office, um, you know, being a bit like, oh, I'll help you out. You know, that real creepy sort of anything mm. you need, I can get for you and all this kind of stuff. Trying to chat up um, Sam, who's, uh, uh, you know, Samantha Stormer, who he's leapt into. 
Um, he did a film, the film The Giver, not MacGyver, with Richard Dean Anderson, The Giver. Now, some uh, this is quite an this is quite an obscure film, I think, at least for Westerners. I think it's based on a Japanese anime. I think I'm not 100 percent sure, but I remember seeing the film when I was a kid. That's the only reason I mention it. Um, okay. and I did. I don't remember it that. I remember it just. I remember the guy says Giver, and he he has like a an armored suit come over him, a bit like a Power Ranger. That's all I remember. I don't remember anything else about the film. That's I don't know anything about it at all. So you got uh, one up on me. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Uh, Matt Landers, who is Richard. Now he is the guy which we will get to, but he's the guy that gets smashed in the face on the double date and lands on his ass. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quite famous actually. That that, that yeah. that's something that if people are watching Quantum Leap for, I, I know Scottish Danny is watching Quantum Leap episode by episode as we cover it, Benny. Oh okay, and cool. He's not seen it before. So first of all, you know, I know it sounds daft because it's 30 years away and so on. The end of Quantum Leap, let's have no spoilers because Danny doesn't know. <laughs> to those to those who know, you know, but less, you know, we know. But, you know, obviously that's going to be interesting. But um, that scene is obviously in the intro to the episode. It is, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, right from the off, isn't it? Yeah, so we're waiting for that for a while, really, to actually see that happen. But uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, quite a cool. I, me- I that's the one scene I remember from this. But then I think it's because it's because it's in the intro, as you said. So, mm. um, but yeah, Matt Landers. Um, he uh, was also in Die Hard. He was Captain Mitchell. He's the guy that's going. We're going in. We're going in. He's the guy with the headset, not the horrible captain dude. Um, and then he's in Commando, and he's also in the film Forty Eight Hours. Now I don't remember him in Commando or in Forty Eight Hours, to be totally honest. But his character names, right? So in Forty Eight Hours, Bob. <laughs> okay. In Commando, oh. Fred. <laughs> generic names you can have, but this dude has done loads. He was in Law and Order, I think. Uh, I think roughly on and off for two thousand from two thousand four to twenty ten. He was Judge Mark Lee slash Lieutenant. Uh, okay, so, so yeah, in the original Law and Order, you had reoccurring judges, didn't you? Pop up every now uh, and again. Okay. And, I've never know, really but, watched the show, to be honest with you. Yeah, so. I mean, it's very much like. Half the show would be the, the 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 police work, and then the second half of the show would be the court case prosecuting the the people the police are caught. Yeah. So the, the sort of trail end of the show, you get um, a couple of different judges depending on who who was there on that particular episode, passing sentence, oh, okay. so to speak. So okay. uh, he's also been in um, some DC animated stuff like Superman the animated series and Batman as well. Uh, Batman okay. from the future. He's done some voices for that. Um, I've just gone off the page. So I always would have told you what he, what he did. But yeah, the, the thing that struck me was the 48 hours character and the commando character was the fact that um, his names were so like Fred and Bob. It's just like so generic like names. Um, the woman who Sam leaps into, Lynette, Lynette oh God, Renea Chow, Chabot. <laughs> I'll take your word for that. I don't know. <laughs> um, she's done quite a few things here and there. Like Obviously, we're talking about it. She was in Nash Bridges. Murder, she wrote. Um, and I think she's gone on to do like some directing as well and some other stuff. But um, most of the stuff that she's done, I haven't really seen. So the only thing I've ever really seen her in, um, she was in Dr. Phil as herself, um, The Ultimate Weight Loss Race Part 2. No idea. This is what I mean. Um, mm. so she's done some random stuff here and there. Uh, Bikini Woman number one in uh, Come As You Are in 2005. I don't know. It's just... Uh, but I think she's done a bit of writing and um, she had a bit of a stint by the looks of it. Uh, I believe she's still active. It doesn't say she's not um, not acting anymore. So it just depends on what she's doing. She might be. I think most of these people tend to go into writing roles or 
producing once they get a bit of money you know they they want to keep their career going so they might not be in front of camera but they might be doing stuff behind it so mm. i had never seen her in anything before apart from quantum leap to be fair now for the real interested one so gene seagal who i told you about off air is who plays gloria now now i thought this once i found this little but she's a twin um and she did a show called double trouble and it only okay. lasted a year and it was her sister and obviously herself. And she's, but what I can tell by her resume here is that she's gone on to be a, an associate director or a director. Now she's directed Marlon, that Netflix series, uh, Fuller House as well. Um, Two and a Half Men, she was an associate director for 213 episodes. Why? Two Broke Girls, 51 episodes, she was an associate director. Um, and then um, she's done lo- like in laws and she's done loads of stuff. She's done, um, she got 11 credits for acting, but she's done more stuff like she's done more stuff directing and producing by the looks of it. Now, the interesting thing about this, now I picked this up once I because I was as I'm watching the show, I'm going, I, I don't recognize her, but let's see what she's done. Oh, she's got a twin, she's done double trouble. Okay, now there's a scene in the bedroom, which we will cover, I'm sure, at some point, but there's a scene in the bedroom where Sam is stood next to Gloria and they're looking in that big mirror. Yes, I know where you're going to. Yeah, yeah, right. So Gloria is stood on Sam's left and they're talking about, you know, you're a gorgeous woman and, you know, empowering each other and, you know, trying to build their confidence up between each other. In the reflection, you've got the woman who obviously plays who Sam's leapt into with the mirror image. Mm-hmm. In the, the other side of her, I'm reckoning it's a double room because the twin sister is the mirror image of Gloria. Yes, they did this quite often. They used to have. So it was really. I was. I wonder if that is what they did, and they did. She's also in it, and it actually says she's actually mirror image of Gloria. <laughs> that's her. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. That's right. Because there's the, quite a few times they would have. It. It's not. I don't know how to word it. It's, it's not like green screened, or it's not um, no, something a widget. Yeah, all this sort of stuff. Screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, okay, but whatever special effects they may have had at the time, yeah, yeah. quite often if there was a mirror on the wall, it was actually just a hole cut in the wall and the actor would have to try and mirror what Scott Bakula was doing. Yeah, see, I, I didn't know this until I watched like uh, the extras on the DVD that when they did Colour of Truth, the diner was set out in two rooms and it was set out so they could do the mirror image with Sam and the actor that plays um, Jesse. So I didn't know they did this. So, but when I found out she was a twin, I was like, I wonder if this is her sister the other side with the other actress you know what i mean so and it turns mm. out i'm assuming that's how they did it so i know sometimes they'll do the mirror image of sam by himself with the reflection of the person who he's leapt into and they'll do it in a weird angle behind him whereas scott will be you'll see his shoulder and part of his head and the mirror image they can do it in such a way that actually the guys actually stood behind sam in the mirror and they could angle okay. the camera so it looks like sam is looking at himself and it's a very clever little trick camera trick um that i think actually in some cases is lacking in movies and films uh some these days because they they're too eager to spend the money and get a computer to fix it you know and actually there's little camera tricks that not everything but the little stuff like that i like when it's more practical rather than generated in computer and i love computers and all that kind of stuff i love the marvel films and all there's a lot in that that you couldn't do but to incorporate these little camera tricks and little Hollywood tricks or theater tricks to do things. It's uh, it's very clever. So yeah, I mean, you mentioned the, the doctor who pod earlier on. That's something that um, Dan Griffin and I have been talking about at length for right? our, our sort of look back on certain stories. Yeah. Computer generated effects 
seem to age quicker than non-computer generated effects we've uh, yeah, actually absolutely. got yeah we've, we've got certain certain things we covered like from from new who so to speak so it's from like 2005 onwards where cgi is being used and it looks dreadful looking back in 2022 and then yeah. you've got stuff that happened in the 80s where there was no computer generated effects and it was more i suppose models and, and tricks of the camera as you said benny or however they did it and it's aged better than stuff 20 years younger yeah i mean i mean when you look at quantum leap obviously al with the like in this episode we have he goes i'll, I'll look out because he's gonna get hit by a bus but he's a hologram so he's not even there. yeah it's obviously the iconic, <laughs> you know you know the imaging door opening um, but yeah, you can tell that Al's not there. He's just walking across the stage and he's been put in after because of the whole blue screen they used to use. Because what happened with the blue screen is you used to get this sort of, and you can see it in the original Star Wars films where they were digitally uh, enhanced. You get this weird sort of line around the thing they're trying to superimpose. Whereas nowadays you use green screen and chroma key and it's a lot more smoother. Okay. You know, there are there are other films that use it, but they don't use they don't spend the money on it, so it doesn't look as good. So you can tell its effect. Um, I mean, one of the best. I mean, I just again, it's still sci-fi, but it's not the same show. But uh, the 2009 Star Trek film, there's a scene where they're jumping down from this uh, into orbit to this crane thing to take it out, basically. And I'm, they've got the character looking, you know, down the camera. But how they did it was obviously yes, they've added the effects after. But what they did is to have the sky effect behind them. They had the actor stand on a mirror, have the camera above the actor, and film the camera looking down. So the mirror's reflecting the sky from above, right? And then they just like shape the camera, and the ca- actor just sort of moves a little bit, and they shape the camera to give the effect that this, you know, that Kirk is, you know, shooting through the atmosphere of this planet basically, and it's okay. Again, that's mixed with practical and you know um cg but it, it can work together really well so yeah that's a good nice, nice nerd moment there for everybody <laughs> yeah there we go <laughs> you mentioned about al there obviously with the door and so on something that sort of runs through this episode and i imagine that you know because of the nature of this episode we may do this one slightly different and not talk scene by scene as we have done on previous shows but kind of just discuss it in general benny maybe by the by the way it's going already i guess yeah yeah with regards to Al, there's a running theme throughout the whole uh, this whole episode that Al obviously sees Sam as the person that he has leapt into. He well, sees. Sa- sorry, this I think. Sorry to interrupt you. I think this is the first time we actually because we know this because we've watched the show before. But I think yeah. this is the first time that we actually get Al going. No, I don't see you, Sam. I see the person you've leapt into, and in the waiting room, I see you, and because they're in your body. So he sees Sam in the future in Scott Bakula's like, you know, future self, which we will see eventually in the show. But I think this is the first time that Al's gone, no, I see the person you've leapt into. I don't see you, but I know who you are because of Ziggy and blah, blah, blah. So they kind of put that like in place that Al sees whoever Sam has leapt into. Right. See, that that so, completely froze me because now that means we are literally the only people that see Sam as Sam. Yeah, as the audience watching, we see Sam is Sam, and that's it. Because I think I think we've discussed it in a previous episode. There was talk, I think, and I think it was in an interview I watched, or some sort of extra, or whatever. You know what I mean, like about the show. Um, and there was talk when it first got like talked about to make they were going to have a separate actor every week to play Sam. Mm. But in terms of an audience perspective, how could you? You know, because you wouldn't necessarily feel attached to. 
Although they could have gone the other way and gone, if, if Sam makes it home and we actually see him in his true timeline, we find out what he actually looks like. You know, yeah, but, suppose, yeah. Yeah. but you know, there's two ways gone, but they decided to go with, no, the audience will see Dr. Sam Beckett as Dr. Sam Beckett every time he leaps in. So every time Al's coming through that chamber door, he obviously speaks to the person in the waiting room a little bit sometimes, depending on what's going on, but they have information. They can zero in on him and he'll go, Sam, and then Sam will react to go, Al, so he knows who it is, I guess. Well, they might find up a data and have a profile picture, I don't know, but that's something to be filling the gaps later. But yeah, I think this is the first time it gets mentioned that this is how it works. Al sees yeah. into. And basically, Al... I mean, it's quite funny because we find out later on in the episode that this actually leads to Al having some form of therapy. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Al finds Sam incredibly attractive. I mean, let's be honest, Samantha, the, the, the lady that Sam has leapt into, she's a good-looking lady. She's a very attractive lady, very pretty girl. And Al sees Sam as Samantha, and he's then talking to his friend Sam, who is in the body of this lady that he finds very attractive, and to, you know, I suppose put a little final point on it, it it, it messes his head up, doesn't it? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I mean, from Sam's perspective, he obviously he doesn't feel like the person. He sees a reflection of the person he's leapt into, but he's still Sam. So from Sam's point of view, it's a bit weird. You know, from another point of view, having Al kind of hit on Sam, mm. <laughs> especially when this when did this show when did this episode air? Uh, I've got October twenty fifth, nineteen eighty nine. Even even so quite forward thinking really <laughs> to a degree well, yeah or at least on tv i would assume i don't know how many you know if you <laughs> were doing that if that makes any sense there wouldn't be very many i wouldn't have thought no no it, it, we find out that al the, these um shall we say mixed feelings are causing al issues in his relationship with tina and he says that he's not able to uh shall we say perform in a certain way because his head's all a bit of a mess. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, he's having some, he sees obviously Samantha in quite a compromising position, actually, to be fair, when he first meet, because Sam's got out of the bath and barely got a towel on before I was mm -hmm. in the room going, hello, gorgeous. And it's like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. And that's when they explain that, you know, Al can see who he's leapt into and not Sam Beckett. So, um, Again, we have the mirror gym, the mirror. I can't talk. The imaging chamber door for the first time, and they explain how we get a little bit more of insight of how leaping is actually working from the observer view rather than the time traveler's perspective. Yeah, and that's always really interesting as well because, from our standpoint, we're, we're the viewer watching on. I mean, I don't know about yeah. yourself or anybody else who watches the show, but I just kind of take it at face value. I, I, I what I see is literally what you get. I'm okay with this. I don't need anything explaining further. Yeah. I kind of know how the show works. But then when you hear these little snippets every now and again, uh, I suppose maybe it's the rarity of them that, that make them so interesting. When you hear these little snippets every now and again, it literally does make me sit there and go, oh, okay, well, that was quite cool. But they're not, they're not essential to me for kind of enjoying the show, I guess. Yeah. Although I've just, I've just, I've just thought of something which may poke a hole in that because... I've just realized when he leaps into Jesse, he says, well, what do you think? And he goes, I'm in Sam's like, I'm a black man. He goes, yeah, so what? <laughs> and like, so does, it doesn't explain it, but it's kind of a little window of, is Al actually seeing, obviously now we know, because it's been explained more, but I just realized in the episode Color of Truth, he, um, Sam stands there and goes, well, what do you think? 
because uh, obviously it's the first time Sam's leapt into a black man. So it's like, <laughs> did, I've just realised, does that blow it out of the water? I don't know. It is I the first know. season. It's trying to it's trying to find itself a bit more, I guess. The rules are kind of in flux <laughs> to a degree, yeah. I guess. I don't know. But yeah, it's definitely the first time they've acknowledged it in a sense of explaining it to the viewer, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically, we find that Sam, Samantha, is the secretary to this guy called Buddy. And Buddy is Gloria's fiancé. But the big issue with that is, of course, Buddy is married. <laughs> no, he yeah, also the only, was the only, prob- the only problem with it is that he's married. She's like all excited about being a, a fiance and everything, yeah. but actually she's engaged allegedly to a married man. And it's like, what? That's and there's no. a real, and it's, it, I suppose it is that situation of, I don't know. I mean, the, the girls in this show are portrayed as being very young and they're t- getting the, they're getting, Buddy and the other men in, in, in these powerful positions are taking advantage of these young girls. And I suppose it displays a, a quite a level of naivety from the girls themselves, but also quite a level of manipulation and, and sort of a con man air to them with regards to, I mean, Buddy as the example, because he's the main character we're, we're discussing, in the way that he just strings Gloria along. I mean, Gloria at one stage is heartbroken because Buddy has this huge promotion up to, I think it's vice president of the company or a partnership in the company or something like that. It's a huge step up. It's a massive, massive deal in, in their, in their world. And she's devastated because Buddy hasn't told her, but Buddy explains that away as I was keeping it a secret because after the holidays, I'm going to leave my wife and I was going to tell you about the promotion then. So straight away, Gloria then goes all, uh, goes all, I don't know, misty eyed and, and, yeah, and, and, and wobbly again. And she, she adores him again and so on. I mean, it's, it's obvious the love that Gloria feels to Buddy is genuine. Yes. And yes. She is definitely like, yes. Into this fella definitely believes and it's everything. Also, yeah. And it's also obvious then that, I mean, the saying obviously is love is blind, but the, the adoration that Gloria has for Buddy, I suppose, is what makes it easy for Buddy to manipulate this this young girl, this very naive young girl, who who adores him. Yeah, he's it, just a. It's just a. And ironically, he's called Buddy as well. But he's he's very very much a sleazeball using his position as a newly, uh, you know, he's a vice president or something or mm. CEO. So he's like he's like second in command of this car company and um, using his position. And I mean, he's like Sam Samantha's first day, which is when Sam leaps in. Is this uh, is his like assistant secretary? Um, is basically chasing around the office as well, like not even like subtle. He's like chasing around the office, um, saying, oh, "You've got the job now. You know, you don't have to play so coy anymore. You've got the job and everything." Basically, in- insinuating he's only hired her because he expects to uh, be rewarded for a well, yes. lack of a better way of saying it, sexual favors. Well, yeah, totally, and it does come across very much like <sighs> it. <laughs> I suppose this is this is obviously an American show. That bit had a little bit of the sort of carry on theme to it, which is obviously a UK series of films of very much like the 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 guy chasing the young girl around and all this sort of stuff. But yeah. also, I don't know if you've ever seen the show Bewitched, which is a sixties sitcom about a witch who married. Well, I'm a child. aware of it. I've never watched it. I know they did okay. remakes of the film, didn't they, and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 and it's yeah, it's, it's it's hugely like that. 
this whole atmosphere, feeling vibe to this episode of Quantum Leap with regards to the very powerful suited man in his important high up job and very important. He walks through the door and he gets his, his martini off his wife soon, as soon as he you know steps through the threshold, so to speak. And then the, the good little lady at home looking after him and all this sort of stuff. And then the secretaries uh, and so on at work uh, and other young girls around swooning over this powerful man. It's a, it's a very similar vibe. And obviously that now Bewitched was made in, the early 60s yeah so it's it was actually genuinely made in this era that sam has leapt back to so perhaps we are seeing not just something done for uh, a purpose of a script or something done for i suppose creative license but we are seeing maybe a snippet into how that time genuinely was on a wider scope maybe well they do say art imitates life don't they so you know it does retent in comedy and stuff tends to reflect the current era, if that makes any sense. Mm. And so it would make sense to me. Um, and it's sort of, you know, I understand, you know, if you watch stuff like you said, the carry on stuff like that and all that, you know, and like you said, bewitched. I mean, I've only seen, I think I have seen like a random episode of that, the original. I remember there was a film, wasn't there with uh, Nicole Kidman, I think yes. um, remade, um, but um, I never really watched it enough to know. But if you watch anything back, you know, in the eighties, seventies, sixties, it reflects sort of society's sort of where the society's head is at. I don't really know how to describe it other than that. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. No, very much so. And we see, we see moments of that here. I mean, Sam at one stage gets his, his backside slapped or groped as he's just literally walking to the bus or the train or wherever he's heading. Um, There's wolf whistles left, right and center as, as Sam and Gloria are walking down a road at one point in the episode. You said yourself, Benny, the younger guy, was it John or Johnny, the younger guy in the office? Yes, yeah. He, he's kind of trying to, he's a bit lechy in he as well. Yeah, uh, but, but again, like, I think maybe he is he is a product of his surroundings. He must obviously look at the guy who is the boss in his flash suits, his, his nice car. Probably aspires to be that as well. because I mean, Exactly, a, yeah. There is, there is a bit where he says, where Buddy comes out, and he basically tells him, you'll be going to work for somebody else, basically not in his office. You'll be work for somebody else in the company if you don't get a move on. And then he's like, oh, and uh, but uh, not Buddy walks back in the office and uh, whatever. Johnny's is like, oh, he, oh he's, a, he's a great guy, that guy. So, yeah, he aspires to be a buddy and sees the way he's acting. So probably like <laughs> if he's acting like that, maybe that's what I got to do to be a a CEO, not the, not the mailroom boy or whatever he is, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so. and it's it's a big... Uh, it's a big echo chamber, I guess, isn't it, of the time? It, it yeah. is very much a case of that. You know, this individual is behaving in a way that now we know is not a way to behave. It's it's wrong. It's disgusting. It's de- derogatory, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We know that that is not acceptable. However, back then, the the behaviour of this individual is admired by someone younger than himself. So he wants to become that individual and be- and wants to behave that way and have all the uh, again, for want of a better term, I suppose, have all the trimmings of that position of power, so to speak. The, the so power yeah, power. So then, yeah. But of course, when he is in a position similar to that in the future, I would assume that there would then be younger guys working in the office who look at the attractive secretaries that these individuals are um, having these dates with, I guess, and 
would aspire to the same thing again. So it's like just this constant echo chamber, this constant loop of going over and over yeah. and over again, the same scenario, I suppose. Yeah, it's not good. And obviously that behavior is, I wouldn't say it's been eradicated, but it's a lot more uh, people are, we're, we're all aware of it now more. Um, we were a bit, you know, obviously I wasn't born in that era, but uh, you know, it's just, um, that's why I think I find it a bit cringy to watch. Cause I'm not one for, I mean, I take shows and films as they are, but mm-hmm. It did feel a bit cringy to watch because especially the office scene with him like chasing around the office and uh, just the things he sort of says and the whole sort of like, you know, uh, Sam says like, this is sexual harassment. And he's like, oh, I don't know what that is, but I'd like to be a part of it. And it's like, yeah, just turning it around and double entendres and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm, a, you know, a, a good funny double entendres, you know, it's funny when it can be funny, but in that, in that, um, environment that sam's in in that office environment it, you know it's not it's, it's clearly not wanted yet he still pursues down this path of basically trying to sleep with his secretary <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um as we're jumping ahead a touch here one scene that is hugely important to this episode i mean what we're kind of got summarized in the meantime i suppose sam's going to work for buddy buddy is trying on with with sam as well Gloria still thinks Buddy is amazing, and it's just more of the same, I guess, setting the scene for what the, for the life of these two young girls, I suppose. Then we basically have a, a prearranged double date that that was sort of, I suppose, discussed before Sam leapt in, and yeah. that is, um, I, I think it was was it somebody's was it Sam's mum who set them up on this double date? I believe it was Samantha's mum set them up on the double date with uh so I mentioned him earlier the uh, actor um I've forgotten his name now. Uh, he's in the opening segment isn't he? Let me find his name. Makes I've forgotten what his name is. Um Matlin Lander, sorry. Um yeah, with him and another and to be honest you sort of come into this date and they're sat there, and Sam. The only I think of was Sam wearing his bloody hat with that net on it, and I'm like, "What the hell's going on?" Like, mm. like the fashion sense, I don't really get. But then it is the '60s. Is it yeah. right? I have no idea. It does, I'm not it, sure. I'm probably the wrong person to ask. To be fair, yeah, I wouldn't. Have to, <laughs> um, to be fair, but um, Matt Landers. You, you said earlier on about Matt Landers having character names such as Bob and Fred. In, in this, <laughs> yeah, and in this, they refer to him as Dick. <laughs> yeah, which is ironic, really, because he is a bit. He's not as bad as Buddy. But he's up. He's and you're thinking at this point. I remember watching this for the very first time, thinking, "What is wrong with all these men?" Mm. <laughs> Even as a like, probably I was probably about twelve when I watched this. I'm like, "What the hell is wrong with these men?" I don't understand. I don't really get it. And actually, the guy sat next to Gloria is actually a really nice guy. And actually, yes. like he's, he's gone through a divorce and he's just a genuinely nice guy. He's not like lechy. He's not like dropping the you know i don't know one-liners or cheesy line chat up lines or anything like that uh, whereas matt lander's character dick or richard is you know you know moving his eyebrows up and down and winking and just being a general sort of douche basically mm. um but so so actually the guy across the table i was thinking he's a nice bloke to be fair he seems all right you know <laughs> um, yeah totally i mean glorious glorious date <sighs> what he literally says at one stage meeting gloria has made made him happy again and it's just little comments like that are so i mean they they, are so genuine and it's it's genuinely nice thing in theory for gloria to hear but she's she's so is she to him not really she's there she's not being rude but she's not really 
entertaining him in a sense of what he's saying to her. She's like, oh, just smiling, being polite, which is nice. But you can tell that she's very much, um, you know, she's not really interested in him because she's so infatuated with Buddy, isn't she, basically? So um, Mm. there's scenes, I think think it's earlier on, um, you know, uh, Gloria gets in an argument with Sam because Sam's trying to say, look, Buddy's not a nice guy. You know, he didn't tell her that uh, she chased him around the office, but he's like, he's not a nice guy. He isn't going to leave his wife. He's using you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They get into an argument. And she's like, you wouldn't know because men only want you for your body and all this kind of stuff. But she's like very down on herself, like saying that nobody wants me for me or essentially. So this guy sat next to her later on, like paying attention to her and actually genuinely being nice. And she's not picking up on it at all (laughs) or she's not entertaining it. Yeah, it's a real shame, isn't it? Well, you know, we'll get there. We won't reveal it yet, but we'll get there. No, Um, that's right. That's right. Yeah. But um, I mean, obviously it leads into this scene. Sam, uh, probably one of the funnier moments in the show, whacks Richard in the face after he grabs a leg, <laughs> his leg, um, <laughs> excuses himself, goes to the bathroom, and it's, um, well, no, he doesn't go to the bathroom. Well, that's what he says he's going to do, but ends up using the phone to talk to Al so he doesn't look like a crazy person. Yeah, I think- which I think is always a real simple but really well done trick because you can have a conversation yeah. right, looking like a lunatic. Can't <laughs> yeah. Rather than talking to thin air and waving his arms around, trying to convince Al yeah. of whatever he's trying to do or whatever. Um, and then Gloria sees Buddy entering the restaurant with the, uh, with his wife. Now at this point, Gloria has been told that he's told the wife that he's leaving her, but they're staying together for the kids. Yes. So until the holidays are passed, aren't they? That's it, yeah. And then we see them in the restaurant. Gloria's a bit, I don't know whether she's perplexed. I think she is, but the way what the conversation she has with Buddy's wife kind of threw me a little bit. I didn't. That's not how I thought that conversation would go. In a sense of, I thought she was gonna kind of try and snoop around and find out what was going on, rather than go. By the way, I'm the mistress. Essentially, again, it it comes down to I. I I took this. uh, The way I read this whole scenario was very much a case of Gloria again being incredibly naive. And, you know, very much, I suppose. Well, believing what Buddy says, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Because Gloria basically approaches um, Gail, which is Buddy's wife's name, uh, and sits down and tries to... Because in Gloria's mind, the divorce is going to happen. They're staying together for the sake of the kids. After the holidays, it's gonna they're going to split. Um, the wife knows about Gail and, and... Sorry, the wife, Gail, knows about Gloria get my G's mixed up there and uh, and all this sort of stuff, you know? So Gloria decides to go over and in a really horrible scenario, she's sleeping with this, in theory, she she's potentially the bad guy as well because she is sleeping with this lady's husband. She decides to go over and try and be nice about this and offer some form of sympathy for the divorce. And she tries to say that obviously for the benefit of the children, she won't cause problems and, you know, the, the divorce will go through as plain sailing as possible and so on. And this is where we kind of get, I suppose, quite a little sinister twist and a little look behind, uh, I suppose, behind the curtains in Buddy and Gail's life because Gail explains that they've got an arrangement. This is an arranged marriage and that Buddy will never leave her because of the the status he has from marrying her. She's very high up and well-known individual in the business world and so on, very well off and so on. And Buddy would lose a certain level of, I suppose, social status, I guess, which helps him with his business world 
if yeah. they were to part ways. So Gail also explains that she has, shall we say, perks on the side that look after her needs, whilst Buddy has his as well, obviously referencing Gloria herself. And they will never divorce. And it, effectively, it came across very much like Gail was explaining to Gloria, yeah, I'm aware of you, but not you specifically. You're just the current one. There will be one after you, so to speak. It came across very much like that. Yeah. Very cold and very much like you silly little girl. We've also yeah, found out... Well, especially, it's a Will Smith-Jada Smith <laughs> arrangement going on here, isn't it, basically? Well, yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And we, yeah. <laughs> we've... Uh, We've also found out in as literally as this is going on, that uh, Al and Sam in their pretend phone call, Al explains that Gloria is now going to die that night, and Sam is like, "Well, how can that happen? Because she's here with me now, and everything's fine." But this is because li- literally as Al and Sam are having that conversation, what causes her to 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 kill herself that night? Is happening that exact moment, just over just over a few tables away from, from where Sam is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because obviously, there's no data on. There wouldn't be in the paper. This woman had an argument with his, you know, with his with with a like boyfriend's wife, and <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm. So, you know, they don't know how or what started it, but all of a sudden, she seems in good spirits. Obviously, Sam's on the phone to Al, essentially, like you said, and um, yeah, this moment, you know, pushes her to that to that point, basically. Because you then yeah. realise for the first time that, you know, despite the fact that Samantha's warm- warnings and Sam's warnings, um, she hasn't listened to anybody about it. And then all of a sudden the wife is telling her, <laughs> you ain't having him, basically. This is an arrangement, I, you know. <laughs> so um, the the world sort of comes crashing down for her, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and this again, I suppose, there's a little subtle moment here that I, I suppose... <sighs> Looking back on my notes, I didn't actually make a note of this, but I read them back just then, and it kind of opens my eyes to something that they've done here in the writing of the show, which I think is very clever. Sam doesn't know where Gloria's gone. Sam doesn't witness Gloria running out. Sam doesn't know. He's just she's just gone. Yeah. Now it's actually Parker, Sam, uh, Gloria's date, who out of concern, but anyway, he could be fuming. This this young girl that he's looking at for dinner has just ran out the restaurant crying. And, and wailing he could be fuming and think silly little cow and just bugger off and do whatever he actually goes up to sam and says that he's concerned and gloria became upset and left the restaurant so that's how sam finds out now i took that initially as literally just that's how sam finds out what went on but you actually look at the, the sort of the sort of secondary line to that it's parker looking out for gloria and and he's gone to speak to sam out of concern for her yeah so again it kind of reinforces that this guy is actually someone who's paying attention and slash kind of likes this woman and wants yeah. to know more, but then, you know, explains the whole situation. She was talking to this woman and then left crying. So, you know, and then obviously with the information from Al saying she's going to do it, you know, tonight, two and two, you know, make four and off we go really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there we go. She goes running off into the night, crying and wailing. Uh, when we catch up with Gloria, she's outside her apartment, but not how you might predict. She's not there in the hallway fumbling with her keys. She's outside the apartment, quite literally, on a ledge. She's climbed out the window, and she's and it's raining at this point. And it's always bloody raining when these things happen, isn't it? Nobody kills themselves in the sunshine, do they? Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's 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 a setting setter, isn't it? Cause you wouldn't want it in broad daylight, because otherwise... Because this is how I looked at it. Like, 
yeah, right. Like, it, like most things will always have a raining scene because it's it is sort of depicting what's going on. But like, if that had been broad daylight or nicer, there might be more people on the street to see her up there to maybe mm. talk her down. Whereas because it's raining, there's less likely to be somebody looking up because they're going to keep their head down and you know. So that's how I took it anyway. But maybe that's filling oh, in the gaps see. a little bit. That's filling in the gaps a little bit there. But that's Here how we I are again. Look, I didn't even think of that, mate. Yeah, you're, fill- you're literally you're literally filling in the gaps in my mind. You know that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the writers might not even thought of that. It's just thought, well, you know, she's going to commit suicide. Let's have it rain because it's depressing, and you know, that might be just. But in my head, it would be, well, you know, somebody might look up and go, "Oh, there's a woman up there." But no, because it's raining, you've got your either your umbrella up or your hood up, and you're keeping your sort of head down. You know, I'm just thinking, trying to get under cover somewhere. You're not going to be looking up at the buildings, are you? That's mm. how I looked at it anyway. So, <laughs> no, that does actually make a lot of sense. That does make no, a lot of sense. Enough. We should write. <laughs> we should. We should. Well, basically, from from what we've established, the majority of a, a TV show that we would write would involve time travel and people jumping off buildings in the rain. We haven't got much of a plot apart from that, so we're going to we're going to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sam arrives and effectively has to talk Gloria down, I guess, and she's incredibly upset and she's absolutely devastated about this. This, you know situation i suppose and sam effectively c- c- convinces her not to and it, and i'm not gonna lie that happens quite quickly to me for someone who's that yeah, devastated like- it happens quite quick but then there's a secondary line a secondary level of peril because as she goes to climb gloria apologies as gloria goes to climb back into the apartment with sam the ledge begins to crumble and yeah. she's you know partly hanging there and we then get Sam using his Samuel Beckett levels of strength to manhandle Gloria back in through the window and, and effectively rescue her, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, the first time I watched it, I was very much like, I mean, again, it, I'm not saying it takes forever for her to talk her down, but it does happen fairly quickly, as you said. But there's a moment on Gloria's face where once she kind of that crumbles and then kind of looks down because she doesn't really look down until that moment then she think then i think she kind of like wakes up he goes oh crap what am i doing you know and then that's when the fear really kicks in like so then things start to crumble um and you know then sam's essentially got to do the freaking splits to cover the gap so <laughs> gloria can get across him and stuff but it is in his skirt but i mean that's all she needed obviously maybe you know in that moment gloria felt like there was nothing left for her because of mm-hmm. this, this thing's been her whole world for however long and it actually took someone to sort of go no you haven't got to do this because of him you know that, yeah. that's how he'll see it you know but yeah um i feel like it was an impulsive moment for gloria like i want to end you know when actually if she had been i mean she might have if it hadn't been for sam getting there obviously he saves her win i'm not in tonight that's you know without a doubt because sam's there it kind of woke her up and go, what the hell are you doing? Almost to a degree. Whereas if she was by herself, she's only got her own thoughts to go through and she's mm. going to hurl herself off this building basically. And it's, um, you know, like I said, nobody could see her cause it's raining. They got their heads down. As I said, it's quite, a, it's quite a serious moment really. I think in some cases like that, I mean, I can't speak for anybody, but, uh, in this particular case in the TV show, I feel it was an impulsive reaction to what had just happened to her. Whereas, okay. you know, rather than, I mean, obviously, she's not been planning it, but in, in that moment, something horrific for her has happened. 
Yeah, she's devastated, isn't she? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, she may have, you know, she had a jumped, you know, in that moment, as soon as she took that step off, she probably would have regretted it the moment she stepped off. Um, but obviously by that point, it's too late. So um, so luckily having Sam there to talk her down is good. But yeah, it does happen fairly quickly. But obviously it's... Okay. It's- I mean, adding a little bit to that, I guess, it was all running with your idea there, Benny. Perhaps, you know, this is a, a reaction, a knee-jerk reaction to that, that moment of absolute devastation. She's had her heart broken and so on. Perhaps she does still, at some level, have that awakening and think, oh, what am I doing? But then the ledge is crumbling. So perhaps she's out there, She, you know, and you say it doesn't seem to take much to convince her to not do this. Perhaps yeah, yeah. She, perhaps in the ordinary timeline before Sam arrived, she had suddenly realised, oh, what am I doing? But then the ledge collapsed and she fell to her oh, death. Well, anyway. yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. that's Normally that's a that's a me thing. <laughs> that's, a, that's good. I'm obviously getting to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good. No, yeah, it's a good shout because she may have changed her mind. Mm. Um, but... You know, obviously, all we get is in the paper she threw herself off a building. So, we, you know, would have the police would have gone one as a suicide, open and shut. You know, yeah. So, yeah, but they would would you know we don't get any insight to whether there was part of the ledge on the ground. You know, when they found her initially in the original history. So, it's a good shout. And then we get something that I suppose is really eye opening to me about the Gloria character. I think I think the, the character of Gloria is the one who has. The most, the most depth to her, the most to explore, I suppose, in this episode. I mean, there's the potential of her having maybe some level of mental health issues, whether it's some form of depression or something like that, because of the scenario she finds herself in. She's got some sort of dependency issues with Buddy as well, uh, because yeah. you know, there's so much going on with Gloria. I think that's what makes it her character so fascinating. But as she's recuperating from her her ordeal i suppose and sam has sam has bought her a drink and they sit and they have a little bit of a heart to heart and a chat gloria says that you know she's afraid she's left it too late to get married because she's 27 now i'm under the impression uh, sorry what's 27 like, well yeah but i mean back back in those days that would that would have been you know uh, it's a different kettle of fish to now but at the same time Good point. i'm thinking throughout the episode up to this point that they're young girls and they're being taken advantage of. This lady is 27 years of age. So that to me, but a completely different spin on, it's not just a young girl who's naive, who doesn't really know the world uh, in her first proper job and is infatuated with this, this guy to me, yeah. <laughs> to me, it's, it puts a completely different spin on the Gloria character and this scenario in that, don't get me wrong. Everything we've said beforehand still stands to reason. Still, it, it still holds true. In that it, she's she's naive. She's been manipulated. Uh, Buddy is a sleazeball, etc., etc., etc. However, she's not some ditzy nineteen-year-old. She's a twenty-seven-year-old woman. So to me, that adds layers to Gloria's character because if she's oh. being manipulated at this age, yeah. like, like I said, the whole way through the episode, I'm thinking they are they are young girls, like 22, 24 or something. I, I wouldn't even go as old as that. I mean, twenty-two 20. tops, maybe. But you know, oh, okay. I think you know, I'm thinking nineteen or whatever in their first secretarial role or whatever it may be. Number-wise, I've not got, got a set thing in my head, but I'm thinking they're much younger than this. And then to hear that she's twenty-seven and she still has these sort of 
attachment dependency issues with Buddy, and she's allowing herself to go through the ordeal of feeling devastated. And then he picks her back up, and then he drops her back down again, and yeah. she tries to kill herself, and all of those sort of things going on. I start to think, okay, Gloria isn't just a young girl infatuated with this guy. She's genuinely got some sort of issues that maybe need treating of some description. There's two things I want to like. So we hear at the end of the episode, she's gone to her mum's for a bit after the mm. incident. Did her dad walk out when she was a kid? That could be a thing. Yeah, uh, fair point. But as we said earlier about the, you know, not defending it, the, 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 uh, the era of men, the way they talk to women, the way they treat them, the way they saw women, etc., etc. We've already talked about that. The era of being a woman, being pressured into you must have kids, you must have a family, you must have a husband. Is it actually more that the pressures of you know society going? You should be married when you're 22. You should be, have a kid by yeah. 25. You should have a. You know, do you know what I mean? So it, it could be just that as well. Just the pressures of what society. Well, yeah, again, she she says she normal, feels that you know? she says she feels that she's left it too late because she's wasted her time hanging around waiting for Buddy and so on. So that a lot of what you say there would ring true, I think, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think it could be any. You know, I guess mm. the thing with these 45 minute shows, you could. There's a lot more you could do if it was a longer episode, obviously, whether you need it. You could dive into these characters a bit more if they were more, because obviously Quantum Leap, you know, next week we're somewhere else. So, you know, we don't get chance to, and that leaves it open to discussions like this. You know, the the possibility of Gloria didn't actually kill herself in the original history. The, the, uh, the concrete broke, which we saw when Sam saved her. So she may have changed her mind, tried to walk back, like you said, because as soon as Sam put his foot on it, it broke. So yeah. it may have been a case of she goes, oh, this is stupid. I'm going to go back in now. Started shimmying along, and it snapped, and she fell. So, but again, would that not? I suppose the the the, the real sort of um, wideness of those two emotions. I'm going to kill myself. Oh, what am I doing? This is silly. That to me would also lean into some form of perhaps depression, bipolar. I'm, I'm no doctor. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know. But it seems like two very very different very averse reactions yeah i think that's the beauty of the show though really in a sense of we think like i said about with the whole miss melanie thing in color of truth and stuff things mm. if this didn't happen would have this happened if this didn't happen would have this would this happen and that's the point with the time travel stuff you because they're going back in and essentially messing with time to put it right what went from wrong their mere presence of being there Obviously, they're changing it anyway because they're not going to act like the same person they were who was actually there originally. Yeah. And actually, are they help or hindering? And obviously, most of the time, luckily, it's help, <laughs> I think, yeah. or, or in some <laughs> shape or form. Um, but yeah, you could argue, we could talk about, we have done before, talked about certain moments in a show, in an episode, where actually, if they'd have done this, would this have happened? And you just don't know. And that's, mm. I think that's, also, that's, that's why the show has lived on, not because it just deals with, ta- you know, it's entertaining most of the time. Um, and, you know, the time travel aspect gives you that what if factor a lot. Yeah. So I think that's why people, you know, not just because of Alan, um, Sam, obviously, as well, but you have, there's so many layers in this show that until you, when you actually analyze an episode like we're doing, you kind of then start going, oh, but yeah, but if they did this, and like, I never even thought about the fact that that concrete broke when Sam stood on it. She could have quite gone, oh, actually, oh, I've woken. No, this is silly. This is silly. I'm going to, you know, she could, that could have happened. Yeah. We don't know that. So, yeah, exactly. And, and again, I think this is why I, I love doing this show 
with you so much. First of all, I love Quantum Leap and I love the conversations you and I have, but deep diving into these things and, and looking at the, the, the repercussions of stuff with regards to, you know, oh, the butterfly actions. effect and, yeah. and all that sort of, you know, just absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Absolutely fascinating. Um, we effectively, Sam is sat with Gloria discussing what's happened and, and talking to her and saying that he's, she needs to stop stressing about a husband and so on. Just concentrate on making sure she is okay, make sure she feels good, make sure she is happy. And it turns out that Gloria has some form of an art degree from university. And Sam persuades her to try and you know have, have a go at being part of the design program for the the company that buddy and sam and gloria all work for uh, and yeah. gloria seems really made up by this advice she seems you know quite quite happy and, and, and for, for for the short period we see her here there's a there's an ambition to her she seems like oh my goodness yeah. yes you're right I, I would love to do that sam goes and has a chat with al to which al explains that his his um therapy his his sessions with the doctor have sorted out his issues with being sexually attracted to sam and <laughs> and he's accepted that apparently love is just part of their relationship part of their friendship, friendship yeah yeah so you know, i'm glad he's got that cleared out because i could have made for some very awkward, awkward for the future yeah <laughs> um and then we get the brilliant news that Alex explains basically the brilliance that Gloria does end up getting married and she marries Parker from the date. Yeah, well, I love that. I like that. I don't, that was I, fantastic. Don't remember, I don't remember that from when, you know, when we, when we, I've watched the show before, obviously, I didn't remember that at all. No, normally. That wasn't even in my head that she had married the fella from the restaurant. And I'm glad actually because watching it back this time, obviously, um, and seeing what kind of guy he was in that brief window we saw him compared mm. to everybody else. But then anyone who was slightly nice would be nicer than half the freaking men that we do meet in this freaking yeah. episode. And there's a kind of a level of, again, we don't see much of this guy. We don't see much of Parker, but the way he's behaving. And as you said, Benny, brilliantly put in comparison to the other, um, I suppose, options, I guess he comes across as a real sort of, a real sort of steady Eddie. He comes across as a reliable guy, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's, it's, it's pretty much exactly what Gloria needs. And they actually go on and have a few kids and so on. But Gloria doesn't go into the design section of the design program, sorry, of the company. She ends up, I think, in theory, getting kind of what she wanted all along. And the yeah. husband and the kids and the... Yeah. I, think I, she suppose, tries, I think I think Al says she tries it for a while and convinces Samantha to go with her to do it. And it turns mm -hmm. out that Samantha, who Sam leapt into, has more of a flair for it and ends up being heading up the whole division. So, yes. you know, so That's, you know, it kind of goes the other way, but you know. Yeah, yeah. And I, I suppose they're, they're happy because, you know, Samantha has this job that she's doing very well in. Gloria has, as again, like I said, I don't know what she wanted. I suppose her happily ever after, so to speak. So in theory, that should be that. But Sam's not leapt. And Al thinks that he needs to first enact some revenge. You know, Buddy needs to be taught a lesson before he can leap so which makes me chuckle because then it means obviously whoever is leaping sam around first of all i like them straight away for allowing sam the time to go and uh get this revenge on buddy but also they, they've got a bit of a sense of humor aren't they yeah well whoever is kind of in control of this well we we'll debate that another time but yeah yes whoever it is doing it um is 
like you said, basically um, giving him a bit of because he feel Sam feels punished most for most of this episode. To be honest, mm. of, um, what you know, not so much because he's a woman, but just the way he's being treated as the woman. But then again, it's walking a mile in somebody else's shoes, as I've said at the very beginning of this uh, podcast adventure. So um, it, it is quite cool for him to get. Uh, well, it's nice to see the bad guy. Because sometimes you see the bad guy kind of get his comeuppance, but they walk away and they carry on with their life, which is fine. And Buddy does as well. But after the way Sam was treated at the office, he gets a, a nice little measure of um, revenge. But I remembered this different because I thought he just had a go at him, threw something at him, and punched him in the face. The whole scene um, <laughs> is quite funny looking back at it now. Um, Sam basically using his womanly wiles to seduce the guy <laughs> from the sofa. He's, he's, effectively su- he's effectively seducing him, isn't he? Yeah, but then dropping the fact that I'm a man while sat on this dude's lap is hilarious. The, goes, line, the line is, and this is, I think, what is brilliant, God. because he, he puts, Sam puts this on Buddy, because Buddy is uh, very much a person of, his, he's a product of his environment, so he's very macho, yeah. very, yeah, you yeah. know, uh, red-blooded male, etc., etc. And he's obviously been pursuing should we say relations with Samantha for some time. Now this is going to happen. Sam turns around and says, I'm a man, but he <laughs> follows, he follows it up with your, as in you are you, this is you, you're yeah. trying to make it with a man. A man, Yeah. Putting it on him. Yeah. It's brilliant. And it's just that one line is brilliant. Cause instantly then you see buddy's head's just spinning. He's just like, Oh my God, what's going on? You can't, you know, you you can't be. I love the fact that he goes. You you can't be a. Uh, he can't even say it. He goes, yeah. "A man, why? Because you're attracted to me." He goes, "Yeah, n- n- no." <laughs> He's like running away. He screams at. Or very no pun in, not not to be sexist, but Buddy's scream is very curly, like a proper like, bitch. Like, no, let's do yeah. it. Like, no, go get away from me. He's horrified by it. It's so funny. And uh, Sam Sam obviously mocks Buddy a great deal then for for effectively being turned on by uh, by a fella. <laughs> you know, I mean each to their own. There's nothing wrong that you know with that, but obviously Buddy sees something wrong with that. So it's playing to his kind of <clears throat> I, I suppose maybe his insecurities in a way. Uh, Sam speaks also of surely you must know I walk like a man. I, I stand like a man. And then he does something with a baseball to prove that he's a man as well. He throws at him, doesn't he? He throws the uh, yeah. And then the, the the one of the best bits of the whole episode, he gives him a good old smack in the chops. Yeah, we're not supposed to. We're not supposed to like you know condone violence, but in some case, this guy this guy deserved a smack in the face, not just for what he did for Sam chasing around the office, but the way he treated Gloria and probably everybody else in his life mm-hmm. that he's treated like an absolute freaking douche. And the irony is yeah. his name's Buddy as well. He ain't nobody's buddy. He's a freaking horrible person. Um, so yeah, punch in the face. Like one of the few punches we see is, as you said, Sam tends to kick more than he punches. Although yeah. we've, seen a few, we've seen a few punches. So That's the far. thing I always remember to the point where it used to be a running joke in my house with, with my mum and, and so on, that there were certain things in Quantum Leap that would always happen. And I've made a, a sort of like a, a tongue-in-cheek references to them on the show, and I, I refer to it as the Quantum Leap Bingo card and so on. And oh, yeah. one of them, one of them is, you know, Scott Bakula takes his top off. That's something that my mum used to always joke happened quite regularly, and she, she used to say it was for the mums watching and, and all this yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Scott Bakula taking his top off always makes me sort of chuckle because it reminds me of my mum saying, "Oh yeah, that was you know that was for the mums." And um, I like the, that because yeah. I, I I mean I'm very similar to you. I 
first started watching this show, I think we've said it before, but like I started watching it when I with my mum, and you've done the same thing. So there are moments when I watch a show that remind me of my mum laughing at it or something like yeah. that. So I like that to be fair. So yeah, and, and and the spin kick is another one. Now I remember this spin kick that Sam would do. In my head, it happens every 15 minutes. You know? <laughs> Sam Beckett just running around every time, every now yeah. and again, just does a nervous tick and he just does a roundhouse kick. Just like, 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 like Ken or Ryu from Street Fighter 2, just constantly spinning <laughs> with their leg out, you know? That's how I, that's how I remember it. But, <laughs> but obviously that's not the case because we're now, this is episode four of season two. So what are we on now? Like nine and then four. So that's what, 13 episodes 13, into the show? Episodes, yeah. We've seen a couple of punches. I don't think we've yeah. seen that kick. So, yeah. Yeah, maybe we just go spin kick crazy in later leaps. <laughs> maybe we should have made, we should have marked down how many punches and kicks were done because I didn't know. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think we see more punches than um, than kicks. To be fair, mm, uh, interesting. I think later on we get a bit more of that because they introduce the fact that Sam can knows like different disciplines like karate. Yeah, he, he, he knows or like, like that. So like, yeah, like eighty seven martial arts or some nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> 92 doctorates you know yeah <laughs> only remembers it when it's you know it's like it's like the a-team or like macgyver somehow manages to make something out of nothing for, for yeah. that moment, you know it's a, it's a writer's tool i know right but they get yeah. they get shut you know in the a-team again this was my dad more so than because my dad's you know uh he always worked in engineering he always, his job always involved driving but he did a lot of engineering as well for certain companies and a lot of um mechanical work and so on he used to always joke that the a-team could get locked in a cupboard uh, uh, that only had toilet roll and a couple of paper clips and they'd come out of a tank. Yeah, you yeah. know, and it's like <laughs> that sort of scenario, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, with the the vengeance handed out, the repercussions firmly inserted into Buddy's jaw, Sam finally leaps and he leaps into a piano player in front of a big audience. Now, before we get to our ratings and so on for this episode, we'll quickly touch upon the next episode. I believe it's called Blind Faith. And he's sat behind a piano. So if my memory serves me correctly, he's a blind piano player. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's kind of all I can remember. I... Oh... Yeah, I remember because he hits the note, doesn't he? And he kind of finishing, everybody's clapping. First thing I got from that clip, by the way, was the people clapping looked like it looks like stock footage of an audience. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, totally. totally. It looked like it. But uh, yeah, no, I, what I remember from the episode is um, you are right, he is blind. And you know what? There's a young girl, I think, that likes him. The uh, yeah. Too, and a very controlling mother. And the only other thing I remember is a lighter. There's a scene with a lighter, which I won't mention now because we're obviously going to cover it. But um, with a lighter, yeah, you you'll you'll know what I mean when you see it. Um, I don't want to give it away now, um, but okay, so I can't remember much at all. And I remember Al teasing the dog, and it jumps up and tries to get Al, and they have the dog jump up, and it misses Al obviously because he's a hologram, and then mm. Al laughing, and I think Sam like tells him off, said stop teasing the dog or something like that. Um, I don't remember I, much more than mate. To be honest with you, so it's going to be. I can good. remember, like I said, I can literally remember him being blind. But obviously, Sam is not blind. The person he's leapt into is blind, so Sam has to pretend he is blind. I can remember there being a girl involved as well, but that's kind of it. But for some reason, I kind of think 
that I liked this episode. I kind of have good memories of this episode, even though I've not really got any memories at all, as odd as that sounds. Yeah, I remember them being out in New York a bit more. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, but that's about it, really. He's a concert pianist, I think, isn't he? That's what he is, So yeah. and he's blind, so there's that whole sort of like that going on. Um, but yeah, in terms of the plot, I vaguely remember some stuff, but we'll leave it to the actual episode. But there's oh, not a lot I remember, to be honest. It's going to be interesting. Definitely, man. Okay, then. So before we get to our, our usual out of five ratings, we want to give our plus points, negatives, our pros and cons, our oh boys and our cacas, I guess. Benny, do you want to go first? Um, the the cacas, um, I suppose it's just the way I felt watching it when the guys, especially Buddy, was kind of like just the way he's treating the women, really, and mainly Gloria. Yeah. So I wouldn't say it's caca in a sense of bad to the plot. Um in terms of the actual plot of the thing, it's not that bad. All right, you know, we could pick up on the whole, the dates, they've messed it up there, continuity. Um, I suppose Kakamo, just um, just the way Buddy is as a character, really. So it's not really a negative in a sense of the, sh- the episode's bad, just I didn't like him. And more of it made me feel a bit uncomfortable because of where we are now. Went a little caca. In our history. Um and never been, and I, even when I was younger, I never understood that I couldn't. I couldn't understand these blokes treating these women like this. Um, they might have something to do with the fact that um, my dad wasn't around, maybe, and I was raised by a woman. So I've been treated. I've always been taught to respect everybody, not just women. Yeah. So it might be that. But yeah, I felt very cringy and a little bit uncomfortable watching a few of his scenes in a sense of. Um, but then, do you know what? For a funny thing, for my actual card, do you know what I'm going to throw in? Because I've just thought of it. This butch macho man, Buddy, is his name. Mm-hmm. You know, as you said, machismo and all that going on. Trying to be, you know, you know, or like, I'm the big I am. Having that little poodle dog. Went a little caca. What's that about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the little dog. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and, and again, that's only because I found it funny more than anything. So I, it's kind of a caca slash oh boy. Um, there's nothing in there that really threw me out of the episode, if that makes sense, in terms of the story. Or, I mean, you picked up on this, the October 16th thing. I didn't. There's something else, actually, along those lines that I, I made a note of that I, I I didn't bring up earlier, which is, you know, very unprofessional of me. I apologize. But it's <laughs> um, literally just a, a fact I found online. I've not double-checked. It could be completely wrong. But it's <laughs> the, the episode obviously begins October 16th, 1961. Yeah. And early on in the episode, Sam is talking with Al and he mentions when they talk about the dates and so on, he talks about Roger Maris, who is a baseball player, is that week about to ba- break Babe Ruth's home run record. But in fact, that record oh, yeah. was, bro- was broken like two or three weeks earlier than that date. That's, I saw that fact, actually. I, I forgot about it. So good shout. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, I, I forgot about that. Oh. Yeah, it was it was broken a week before, I think, or two weeks before, if I remember reading the uh, thing right. Yeah, yeah. Some, um, yeah. So, um, another little fact I did find out actually was the there's a film called What Price Gloria, and that's where the name came from. It's I don't think it's it's a war film, so I don't think it's based on anything in a sense of the story, but it might be. So I've never seen the film, but it's a film from the fifties. Oh yes, yeah. So yeah, but yeah, what, it, price, term- what, what price glories wasn't it? Oh, was it? Oh, I thought it was Rock Place Glory. Oh, I, mean, I suppose, yeah, maybe they play on words there. Yeah, they do it quite uh, often, don't they? Messing around yeah. with it. Yeah. But yeah, in terms, I know I know the cacars are supposed to be like something that takes you out of it. Nothing really did, to be honest. Okay. So I haven't really got a genuine caca. Um, the oh boy moment is easy. It is just literally a case of 
uh, what's his face getting his comeuppance at the end, really. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, buddy, buddy getting a slap. You know, <laughs> also, like, you know, Sam twatting uh, the other guy in the face as well. Mm. <laughs> you, you know, um, yeah, nothing in there. And then the, yeah, there's nothing really. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with that at the end. Buddy getting his comeuppance is my oh boy is probably my favourite moment in the entire show. Oh boy, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, for me, I mean, I'll start with my caca. The the ledge collapsing, I don't think looks good at all. It looks very much like, uh, uh, I suppose, when you can see the line in the table in the wrestling where it's weakened for them to fall through. Yeah, yeah. It looked a bit like that. And it's a real small nitpicky thing, but I noticed it. And again, it comes down to the fact that this was filmed in 89. We've now got HD or ultra HD or whatever televisions. Yeah. We're going to see things clearly that they weren't counting on you seeing clearly when the, when the shows were made. So, but yeah, that didn't age particularly well. Went a little caca. Uh, my old boy. I've actually got two. Cool. My first one is the same as you, the end scene where Sam pretends to seduce Buddy and then tells him I'm a man and all this, and then gives him a smack in the chops. That is fantastic. That is just pure comedy. But at the same time, you're there going, yeah, go on, Sam, smack this piece of crap. Oh, boy. My second one is that Gloria gets her happy ever after, mate. I thought that was really well done. I thought, And it's a moment that I completely forgot about happened when I started watching the show back. And the fact that yeah. Gloria, who obviously was, she, she had issues, she had a, a very... A very, a very crazy life, um, lots of ups and downs. She settles down with a nice fella, has a couple of kids, and gets her happily ever after. The fact that we get to find out about that before Sam leaps, that's that's my oh boy for the week as well, bud. Oh boy. Fair enough, yeah. I mean, yeah, I didn't even pick up on the fact when I, because I said I forgot that completely. I don't even know if I ever watching that show back, and I've watched this one a few times, whether I even picked up on the fact, because they mentioned it so sort of quickly. Mm. if you sort of aren't paying attention for half a second you're going to miss the fact that you just know she gets a happy ending type thing and it's and she's not dead um so yeah, for, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> i didn't mean that in, in, i didn't mean that to be funny but it's um it's just uh yeah nice little moment and like i said mm. as i'm older picking up on the guy because i thought thinking back at that, that date scene now, I don't remember both guys being douches, but I just assumed, I think, that because the one was and got hit in the face because we see it so often in the intro, that both were just horrible blokes. Yeah. But actually, one wasn't. I actually forgot the whole scene of him going to Sam saying, oh, yeah, glory is left, you know? So, yeah, nice little moment there. So I, I, yeah. I, I agree with that, to be fair. Yeah, fair enough. Out of five then, bud, what are we thinking? The funny thing is, and I, this is... um. Now, when we came, before we came on and you know to, to come on the air and everything, I did say to you, didn't I? I'm like I wasn't overly bothered by it, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but the the fact that we've talked about it and analysed it and gone into it a bit more is actually put it up a bit more. Um, so to be honest, I was going to kind of rate it a two, um, but actually, you've having this conversation with yourself and talking about certain aspects of the show, I'm going to give it a solid three. To be fair. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, mate. I agree. A three. I think mean, th- to me, a two is below average. A two is you know not very good. I potentially wouldn't watch it again. A, th- a three, you know, average or above marginally, I would watch yeah. this again. I, I would if this came on the telly as I was thinking through the channels, I'd leave it on, you know. But at the same time, we know we, we've seen better already, and we know there are better things coming. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I think a three is incredibly incredibly accurate there, Benny, That's my friend. Fair. Like I said, when we, before we started, I was adamant it was going to be a two, you know, and that mm. was, you know, even maybe a 1.5 because I was not. But 
you know, I mean, little facts here and there. I suppose actually, like in a in a different old boy moment, in a sense of the um, the show, like how they did that mirror scene with the, with all four, you know, actors. Was yeah. Brilliant, you know, so oh boy, you know, I think, and obviously talking about it yourself, like I said, like to go from a two to a three, I think is uh, so like a solid three as well. Um, I, I think I've got a new appreciation for it actually after discussing it with you. So. Ah, good stuff. There we go. Okay, then, bud. I suppose the last thing we have to do now is just let everybody know whereabouts they can find us online. If you'd like to let everyone know whereabouts they can find you, Benny, and all the other content you are involved in, my friend. Well, I'm trying to do other stuff, but time is uh, <laughs> eluding me most of the time. But uh, yeah, I'm at Benny Mac on Twitter, B-E-Triple-M-Y-M-A-C-K. And you can, there's a link tree in there. You can find Twitch and stuff in there. Um, I'm also trying to work on a different podcast, Radio Techers. It's taken a bit more longer than I want it to. Um, but if you want to give it a follow, you can. It's not quite ready yet. It probably won't be ready for a while. Uh, but it's at Power Junkie UK, and it's going to be a paranormal-style uh, podcast. So I I'm really look- I've had numerous conversations with you. Sorry to interrupt, but you mentioning that. I think it's important I jump in there. I've had numerous conversations with you about that kind of genre that kind the, the sort of type of podcast you want it to be and the subject matter yeah. and so on and there's two things i really pick up from it one is how passionate you are about this and how long you've been thinking about this this idea and how long it's been going round and round in your head and so on yeah. and, and 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 two what you want the show to become uh, from again conversations we've had i'm really really looking forward to when that starts releasing um, yeah. i cannot wait and i'd strongly urge everyone to to go and chuck the account i follow now and benny's personal account as well so you don't miss this when it comes out because episode one straight from the off is going to hit the ground running it's going to be i hope so. again I, i'm seeing things from behind the scenes so to yeah, speak of I, I'm, I'm having sort of behind the scenes conversations so to anyone listening Honestly, go and go and follow these these projects of Benny's because when they when they come out, they're going to hit the ground running. You don't want to be playing catch up. You want to be with this from from episode one. I hope, I'm hoping I appreciate that. So I really do. I really do. Made me blush. Um, <laughs> um, no, I know I really appreciate it, man. Because I I you know like most people, I'm kind of oh, should I do it? Should I not do it? And it's not that. It's more of like will people like it? <laughs> and hopefully there. I mean, there's an audience from there. I, I think there is an audience for it. Um, I want it to be a certain way, as you've already said, and it's, I mm-hmm. don't know whether I'm going to be able to achieve it. Hopefully I will. Um, but on a more fun note, uh, on twitch.tv forward slash Benny Mac Gaming, as I said, you can find all these links on the link tree or at Benny Mac, B-E-Triple-M-Y-M-A-C-K on uh, uh, Twitter um, or search Benny Mac Gaming on Facebook. But we're doing the uh, the wrestling GM mode thing with the new WWE 2K game. We've set, done a lot of stuff setting up. Um, and hopefully it'll, it'll be a bit of fun. Come along, watch some matches uh, with the computers simulating it. Me and the uh, NJB are like GMs, so we put on the matches, and hopefully they're good. We don't control anybody. We let the computer do it for us, so we're hoping matches are good. Occasionally, on 2K19, we had some freaking great matches come out of these you know, computer characters or, or electronical... Uh, electronical? Yeah, is that a word? Electronic um, uh, action figures, if you want to go that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, is I'm that on- still? Um, is that still? I know the previous show you did on on the older version of the game was on a Sunday evening, wasn't it? Is that still the plan? Uh, well, we're going to try and do the, the now. The schedule is going to change a bit because of work, but hopefully the we'll have like sort of. So Nick's taking over as Nitro, and I'm doing. I'm going to be the Raw GM basically. We've drafted our roster already, so if you go to Twitch, you can see that and see who we drafted. 
um, and also also on YouTube as well. But it's like so again, it's easier to go to Twitter, find the link tree, and you can see all my links there, and then everything will take you to where you need to be. But it's on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, it's on YouTube after the fact. But the plan is to do the like a nitro in the week and then a raw in the week, and then every two weeks we're going to do a pay per view. And we have a match where like I pick somebody and he picks somebody and whoever wins get a, gets a draft pick for their rosters, try and build their roster up. And then obviously we, like, like as it panned out last time, we had a lot of guys invading each other and ended up having, um, I actually had a guy invade from his brand to my brand to accept an open challenge for the Intercontinental Ch- Championship on my brand. And his guy won it and took it back to Nitro. And it took like two matches to get it back off Nitro to bring it back to my show at the time. So it was uh, quite a nice little... It's good fun. We talk about wrestling as well as we're doing it. We commentate on it as if we're commentators to a degree. Um, but we just talk about everything and anything while it's happening. So it's a bit of fun, really, hopefully, for wrestling fans and hopefully people who just like to come and chat about random stuff, really. so No, yeah, great stuff. I mean, make sure you go and get involved with that. I know via, I suppose, some of my other projects that I run through momentarily, there's quite a few people who listen to the, to the shows I'm involved in that are wrestling fans. So that could be quite an interesting little sort of yeah, different, yeah. Way, different way of viewing the, that world, I guess, Benny. Well, we also want to like sort of get people involved because we, at some point we're going to do like a Cyber Sunday and we want people to pick the matches for us, but obviously based on our rosters. Um, so like, you know, because we always have an element of, a nitro guy versus a raw guy or a, you know, or a t- last time we made a tag team division for the women, but it was spread over both brands. So okay. the idea was that I would try and win the tag titles off his women and vice versa, but it ended up last time that nitro ended up keeping them. They, they were invented. Uh, they had the first inaugural match, won the titles to become first champions and never lost them. I could never get those bouts off Nick ever. <laughs> So it's a bit of fun, um, but we do try and compete against each other and try and win as many draft. The idea is is to get as many draft picks as pro- as possible to make our rosters bigger than what we have because we only have five in our heavyweight division, five in our mid card division, uh, five tag teams each, and five in our women's division. And the idea is obviously you want to be able to build more people into your roster because matches will become stale after a while. So you want to be able to make mm. more matches and different things and have different things happen. But this year we're also adding the element of when we win a draft pick, we're not going to know who's going to be drafted because we're going to put them into this thing and then they all draft it for us basically. Um, and then obviously uh, day one, which once it starts will be, t- I don't know. I don't know any dates at the moment, mate, I'm afraid because we haven't got it locked in. Okay. Obviously this, this episode comes out Friday so hopefully as you're listening to this episode we would have done a nitro and a raw this past week so you can go back and watch them now but if you know hopefully i would follow my twitter and you won't miss the ones after the fact so done i'm gonna give your twitter a quick shout out again for us bud oh sorry at benny mac so b-e triple m-y-m-a-c-e-k yeah, go and follow that and you'll get the, the, everything we've just discussed, the links to the the GM modes with the Nitro and the Raw brands that Benny is working on there and the Paranormal podcast coming out very, very soon. Well worth checking out all of that content. You me- mentioned there about, you know, five people on this roster, five people on there. I actually believe it or not, Benny once saw a wrestling show in a holiday camp uh, going back many, many, many moons ago and the roster was four wrestlers. You had two singles matches, a tag match, and then a four-man battle royal to close the show. Wow. <laughs> so there we go. Anyway, you can find me on Twitter 
at SJP Words, or if you rather the Book of Face, you can find me on there. There's a group there, SJP, all the shows and info. And basically, those are your two main, I suppose, main points of contact, I guess, if you want to get in touch with me. Uh, but also from those points of contact come the links to all the other shows I'm involved in. We have Nitro Nights, looking back on WCW, one show at a time with our good friend Scottish Danny. We're about to take in this weekend World War Three 19. So that's going to be interesting. We have the Doctor Who pod that I do with Mr. Dan Griffin. That, that's coming to the end of season one now. So you can go back and check all of that out in the archives, looking at new Who, classic Who, and then eventually finishing in a week or two with the Doctor Who movie. Chain wrestling that I do normally with Mr. Max, but he's currently otherwise engaged. So I have like a revolving door of guest hosts at the moment that is live on a Monday night via the Radio Techers, Twitch, and YouTube channels. But the podcast version, in case you're not around on a Monday, comes out later in the week as well. But most importantly, you can follow this show, The Waiting Room, a Quantum Leap podcast, on pretty much every social media platform you can imagine with some variation of at the waiting room underscore. If you search it up, Quantum Leap Podcast at the waiting room, you will find it. Or quite simply, as I said, check out SJP, all the shows and info on Facebook or at SJP Words on Twitter to find links to all the shows there. And that includes this one. And then I imagine via that route, you can also find links to all of Benny's shows as well. <laughs> Benny. There's so oh, much stuff going on on Radio Tackers, isn't oh, there? There's so much. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. They're covering various football games this weekend and so on. Yeah, it's good times. It's good times. Radio Tackers, literally, it covers pretty much everything you can imagine. Get involved. There's a great bunch of people involved there. Benny, I am very much looking forward to, I suppose, leaping forward a couple of years, I guess. I think we're looking at 1964 next with the episode Blind Faith. So... That's intrigued me. I, as I said, I have positive memories, but I'm not sure why. I could be completely, completely wrong, but it's going to be a blast. But either way, it's going to be a blast. I very much look forward to speaking to you about it next week, mate. It's time to leave outside. Let's go. Last one standing. So she's gone on to direct it mainly by the looks of it. Uh, oh, fair play. Associate director in uh, Two and a Half Men. She's I've seen that. Two Broke Girls. She was an associate director. I've uh, seen that as well. So she's done more directing. That's, that's two things that I've seen. Yeah, it makes a change, doesn't it, to be fair? Yeah. <laughs> two things in a row. <laughs> in a row, man. <laughs> I got orange squash all over my notes, mate. Again, you just felt yeah. something time. I, well, I went downstairs just then to go get my drink, come back up, and like I must where I made it, I must have got it wet, and I put it down on my notebook to sit down, and now I've got like a, a circle and it's gone through all my pages. <laughs> Fucking hell! State of it. Right, okay then, mate. I suppose I'll, uh, I'll count us, well, I'll have a drink, I'll count us down, and uh, we'll go from there. Absolutely. Oh, that is grim. I just brushed my teeth as well. You, everybody makes that mistake. <laughs> uh, well, the wife came home from the shop, 
Oh, she picked the girls up from the school run. Came are, you, are you blaming your wife? Well, no, she had a little pot of like uh, pick and mix. Oh, yeah. And now I was complaining yesterday that I hadn't had like the, you know, the little milk bowl sweets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I said I had any of them in years. I used to love them. So bless her, she picked up a few milk bottle sweets in the in the pick and mix for me. So I whiffed them down, like. Yeah. And uh, then my tea, you know, your tea feels all funny after too many sweets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so I scrubbed my teeth before I set up to record with you now, and I've just gone downstairs and got my squash that I spilled all over my notebook and that. So the massive gulp of it, and it just tastes like ass. Do you know what I mean? It just like tastes like fucking vomit and bile in your mouth, doesn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> But it's going to be a blast, but either way, it's going to be a blast. I very much look forward to speaking to you about it next week, mate. Uh, good to talk to you always, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Okie doke. It's time to leap out, pal. Oh, sorry. That's my line, isn't it? Yeah, go on then. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to leap outside. Let's go. <laughs> there we go. I and that's a blooper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. Okay. Oh, shit. It's my line. Sorry. are causing Al issues in his relationship with Tina. And he says that he's not able to, uh, shall we say, perform in a certain way because his head's all a bit of a mess. <laughs> Which head? Well, okay. <laughs> oh, dear. Whether that stays in, I have no idea. But <laughs> it's just like it's there, right there.